Hello, everybody. I'm Matt Mikuchi, and you are listening to the Jazz Ace Podcast. Hello everybody, Jazz Ace Online Editor Matt Mikuchi here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today, a series that we simply like to call The Jazz Ace Podcast, and is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz Ace Vinyl Club, a series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Ace editors, and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. And today we're joined by Quinn Sternberg, a talented bassist whose latest album, Walking on Eggshells, showcases his continued growth as a performer, band leader and composer. Released earlier this year, the album features meticulously crafted songs that delve into the complexities of modern life through the lens of group dynamics. On this record, Sternberg skillfully navigates both acoustic and electric bass, drawing inspiration from his musical roots in the Midwest, his experiences in New Orleans and contemporary techniques resulting in a compelling fusion of styles. In our podcast conversation, we delve into the intricacies of walking on eggshells, exploring Sternberg's influences and the ongoing evolution of his musical journey, among other engaging topics. So fire up on Audiotini and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz Ace Podcast. Hi, Quinn. Welcome to the Jazz Ace Podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. You know, one of the ways in which we like to start these conversations is I like to ask the artists I speak with to maybe share a memory with us uh, about their early life when they kind of feel like they awakened to the power and beauty of music and even started thinking, hey, maybe I'd like to do this professionally one day. <laughs> do you have one such memory that you, you'd like to share with us? Sure. I guess, I guess it's kind of a combination of memories, but... I'm a, a bass player, of course, and I think um, growing up, I was kind of one of those weird kids who just thought bass sounded really cool. I was always humming humming the bass lines to little rock songs my parents would show me, and I remember it kind of clicked for me what I wanted to do when I first went with my mom to pick my sister up from guitar lessons, and I would, it would just be a week of, or uh, 15 minutes every week of just staring at electric basses on a wall. So it kind of occurred to me that that instrument was going to be be a big part of whatever I did. Do you remember whether there was a particular bass that uh, you were drawn to, maybe just aesthetically even as a child? Yeah, I really liked these uh, PV Dyna basses from the 80s, and I ended up buying one from that store. That was my first instrument. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, I sold it since, but it, it looked really cool to me at that age. Uh, so who would have been uh, some of your favorite bassists in those early formative years? Well, I kind of came to jazz a little bit late in my teens. I was really inspired by um, the rock guys I was listening to, like um, the classic one, Flea. Um, I love John Entwistle of The Who. Yeah, those were some of the guys that really struck me initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the greats, you know, I, John Entwistle, what a what a bassist, you know, uh, arguably the best yeah. <laughs> bassist in rock music history. 
Uh, yeah, he did pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, but you also play the acoustic bass. Uh, we're talking yeah. about was that always something that you wanted to learn? Like you wanted to learn uh, to play both? I didn't always uh, realize that as a goal, but I kind of kind of came to jazz in reverse. My my teacher showed me a lot of fusion music that kind of related to what I was into. I, I got into Jocko. And that led me to kind of want to check out more jazz and led me to the upright. I was very interested in like Paul Chambers and Scott LaFerro were kind of my two early obsessions there. I guess, you know, having that knowledge of playing both the electric and acoustic bass also impacts your music, right? Because they're two different instruments also allow you to open up to different experimentation in your own music, right? Yeah, I I think that's been a it's been nice to kind of explore the jazz idiom through like a variety of lenses of styles and I love having both bases on my albums just to kind of maximize the amount of timbres we can bring in. Right. Yeah, including uh, your latest album, Walking on Eggshells, uh, which we will be talking a little more uh, later on. But, you know, it's uh, it's interesting because I was reading about you and you're originally from Indiana, right? Yeah, I'm from Bloomington. But it's so then and then you moved to New Orleans. Now you're again, correct me if I'm wrong, in North Carolina. Yes, I've I moved to North Carolina about two months ago, but spent the last seven years in New Orleans. Yeah, um, well, grew up in Indiana and uh, went to school there as well. That's interesting, and I'm always uh, curious to find out how different locations where artists find themselves and particular moments in their lives kind of influence the creative trajectory of their music. Do you feel like it had an impact on you? Those the moves to different locations, definitely, definitely. I mean, New Orleans is a pretty formative place to go. It's kind of one of those scenes where you get something that you would only get there. And I really wanted to move there because I was um, kind of interested in funk and the more groove side of jazz and just kind of pocket swing. And it was really cool to be able to play with some some players who've really been doing it for a long time and kind of have this this lineage that you might not get anywhere but New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, it's truly a, a magical place for music and culture at large. But yeah, who would have been some of the players that you were, you were delighted to share the stage with? Um, I got to uh, know, for instance, a guy, Dave Easley, a pedal steel player who was on some of the early Brian Blade recordings. Um, really fun to play with him a good bit. My friend Simon Lott is one of my favorite drummers in the world who kind of had me on some of his projects and I had him play my music. He definitely taught me a lot. Uh, my pal Chris Alford, amazing guitarist who kind of got me more into experimental and avant-garde playing and just um, getting, I wasn't too entrenched in the New Orleans trad jazz scene, but you inevitably play a lot of that if you live there. And it was cool to get to play with play with some guys who just really had a deep background there. Are some of those experiences, would you say, uh, to be heard on your new album, Walking on Eggshells? I would, I would say so. Just a lot of creative people there kind of pushed me in different directions that I don't think I would have found if, if not for being there. Speaking of uh, Walking on Eggshells, of course, I've 
would love to ask you, is there a particular meaning behind the title? Yeah, I was I was kind of writing these songs at a time when I had just finished promoting a different album, uh, Cicada Songs, and the promotional side is not exactly what I look forward to in the process, and it's definitely feeling some anxiety about being on social media and doing the doing the self-congratulatory stuff, trying to lead a band and grasping with being a freelancer and trying to make a living at music that maybe wasn't always my favorite to play versus being an artist. And also just seeing uh, how kind of polarized a lot of conversations people were having in, in kind of like a post-COVID and politically charged world. So it, it's kind of just a series of songs about emotions I was going through. May, may they be angsty or not. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, some of the things that you mentioned, too, it's like, you know, they've emerged in recent times. These are things that uh, musicians or people working in the arts at large probably wouldn't have had to do as much, uh, you know, uh, yeah. up to not too long ago when we think about it. So you don't particularly, I mean, let's just put it this way. It's not your favorite uh, part of what you do. I like parts of it. It's definitely fun uh, getting a chat with guys like you and it's nice to get a wider reach for the music but it's not what you think is going to be a large part of your career kind of making these posts and trying to generate content sometimes it's like oh man i want to write in practice right now do you uh, find that it does cut uh, into your practice time or are you able to you know maintain a healthy practice routine i'm able to maintain a pretty good routine but when you're in the thick of a release i think there's kind of a a mental toll where you're kind of engaged in all these metrics and trying to evaluate how the records are doing and it's hard to it can be hard to get yourself in the creative space you need to be if you're thinking about so-called success and you know, it's uh, one of the things that I also like to bring up is the difficulty that people have at large nowadays of being in the moment. And so I guess that kind of relates to that a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so on a very general level. I'm usually able to get there when when I'm playing. I really like to put all those things aside. But in day-to-day life, you can kind of be in a bit of a fog if you're dealing with all these business and promotional concepts. The track you are hearing is from Quinn Sternberg's latest album, Walking on Eggshells, available now on Mind Beach Records. And we'll return to our conversation with the artist. But first, I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz's Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz's editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz's, jazz's.com on these Jazzes podcasts. Go to jazzes.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now, back to our conversation with Quinn Sternberg. Yeah, 
Well, you know, uh, speaking about the music itself, now, stylistically, I could hear many different influences in, you know, this the vision of Walking on Eggshells. Uh, how do you feel this album represents your compositional evolution? You know, uh, especially in terms of maybe feeling more confident in experimenting with some new ideas and concepts? I think it's the furthest along I've gotten in kind of finding my voice. I think a big departure in this album is that I tried to use kind of song forms where maybe uh, maybe the solo sections, rather than just being a loop of what happened earlier in the song, the improvisation could kind of feel like a bridge that somewhat relates to different things that have happened in the song already. Um, kind of like you might hear in a pop song. And um was trying to just use motifs and kind of present them in different ways throughout the songs. Definitely had a bit more of a rock edge to this album, which which kind of goes back to where I came from musically. I mean, I could hear that in the back, uh, from the get-go, in fact, in the first uh, track, Walking on Eggshells, and uh, then all throughout. There were some really atmospheric ones, too. The one that comes to mind, for example, is one of the tracks is named Yuri Gagarin, and I did want to bring that up because it feels like there's a story behind that that particular track. Yeah, so that one, Yuri Gagarin's the first um, first person to go into space. And I kind of started writing that one before I had a clear narrative. And the I think atmospheric is a good word. The melody I was coming up with felt kind of lilting and ungrounded. And it led me to think about like a zero gravity situation. So I, I kind of did some research on, on Yuri and wanted to kind of emulate his flight in this song. So you get like a drum solo that signifies turbulence, um, that uneasy shifting a section, the B section and the solo is kind of like a rocket blasting through space. And the ending is kind of this free improvised group floaty thing that might signify the end of the flight kind of being at peace and just taking taking the beauty in i felt like with so many of the tracks uh you know i could almost visualize them and i did wonder whether you saw that as one of the goals of your music is just to kind of encourage that type of visualization and interaction on the from from the listener you know i'm thinking of uh, other songs too uh, like uh, Melting Clock, for example, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, that's definitely awesome to hear. I love if the songs kind of put the listener in a place and um, creating the titles hopefully kind of gets you to a conclusion of what you're listening to a little quicker. But I do want the listener also to have the freedom of interpretation, you know, as long as the song gets you somewhere and, finds a relatable place um you can choose your own adventure so uh can you tell us about the other musicians on the album yeah so this album features some of my best pals in new orleans it's sam taylor on saxophone who has been on the last three records and is kind of my, was kind of my main collaborator in new orleans fantastic drummer peter varnado who kind of works with everyone down there um, Nahum's a dibble on guitar, uh, another great uh, 
Telecaster Slinger who brought a bunch of amazing tones and one of my favorite pianists and Rhodes players, Oscar Rossignoli. In terms of the recording session itself, what you were talking about uh, in the sense of kind of exploring con- different concepts and experimentations, uh, how does that work? I mean, how do you like to work in communicating that to the musicians that you play with? Yeah, so I like to make charts that are really clear and don't don't leave anything ambiguous, but also have kind of room for interpretation. Like for the drum parts, for instance, I might say something like, it's kind of a breakbeaty thing, but I don't want to leave Peter without room to interpret that. Right. Then there might be melodies that are really meticulously composed, but give Sam some opportunity to kind of bend and embellish them as he wants. Kind of leave things like instrumentation up for up for grabs. Like Oscar would be on Rhodes at times and piano on times. And I didn't, I might have a suggestion for which would happen, but I wanted that to kind of be his call at times too. Um, so just in closing, Quinn, uh, what's next for you? Are you uh, on the road much these days? Are you looking to get out there and, uh, you know, play some more of this music to the people on a stage? Um, yes. Uh, we actually just finished our first tour with this band of the Midwest, and I'm hoping to get back to the Midwest in November. I'm working on a thing more regional around the Carolinas and Pennsylvania for January, and I'd like to kind of be consistently getting out for little runs as much as I can. Definitely still settling into my new home, so I'm not pushing it too hard. But right. Def- yeah, definitely writing a lot more. I have more music planned to record whenever it's logistically feasible. And uh, yeah, just keep keep moving forward and looking for new sounds. That sounds awesome. And you know what? Uh, we'll watch this space, but we talked about uh, social media and internet stuff earlier. Uh, what's the best way for the people to keep up with, uh, with things? Okay. I have, um, I'd say Instagram's probably my most active platform. I'm the real Quinn Sternberg on there. I upload all my things to Bandcamp, uh, just Quinn Sternberg and all my merch cd vinyl t-shirts all going to be there and i have a website quinsternbergmusic.com maybe um telling you all that on this podcast will force me to update it more regularly <laughs> sounds like motivation <laughs> yeah working on it well quinn it's been a pleasure speaking with you thanks very much for joining us yeah thanks for having me man hope you enjoyed my conversation with Quinn Sternberg and I remind you that his latest album Walking on Eggshells is available now on Mind Beach Records and if you love jazz and vinyl be sure to check out our Jazzy's Vinyl Club 
Join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you. Just go to jazzace.com and click on Join Vinyl Club for more. And as music from Walking on Eggshells plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz Ace podcasts, our print magazine and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzace.com. And if you like what you see, well, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Mikuchi signing off. See you soon. Mm-hmm.